Welcome back to mm-hmm. The Diva and The Nerd. I am Billy the Nerd. Yep, and I am T the Diva. Because they got all because these Because they have all these predictions and all this stuff, I'm just supposed to be going immediately. And it's like, okay, but I'm not comfortable with you, fam. Haven't we had this conversation? Uh. <laughs> 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 It's Queen T back with another week of T's High Notes on the Diva and the Nerd. And as always, I want to give a a few quick shout outs. Y'all got to let my girl Cassie put a smile on y'all face and a taste of heaven in your mouth with her custom dip berries over at Sassy Cassie's Custom Berries. Go check out her Facebook page and send her a DM or Gmail to place your order today. And keep on supporting our black businesses, y'all. Support my girl Rika early and treat yourself to a little retail therapy at Body Fashions. Be sure to check out her Facebook page as well. And last but not least, the diva and the nerd, we definitely care about our community. We know that kids are going back to school soon and we know that you guys need a lot of help with supporting your own kids and just the kids out in the community in general. Um, So we definitely have some things coming up in the near future with our back to school giveaway. So be sure to listen to episodes of the Diva and the Nerd for how you can register for our community giveaway. Back again for another week of the Diva and the Nerd, y'all. We are in the building. Yes, well, I'm in the building. <laughs> but we are in the we are in the building, y'all. We are here, we are here, we are here. And we got a couple guests with us today that we are glad to have. In case y'all did not recognize, it is your girl, Queen T the Diva. And Dilly, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> Give, give me a, a minute, girl. I am Dilly and Nerd back again. Thank y'all for joining us this week. And we got a few guests with us today. We are here to do part two of our Black Men's Journey. If you guys ever took some time to listen, um, we had a couple guys who joined us once before to talk about the Black Men's Journey and just what it means to be a Black man, what it means to just grow and, you know, just thrive in this land <laughs> um, as a black man. But we'll get to that in a minute. We're going to allow the guys that joined us today, the fellas that joined us today, we're going to allow them to introduce themselves and just kind of just give a uh, just quick um, intro to who you are. So we're going to start with, let me see who we got here. Walter, we're going to let you give, give a quick introduction to who you are. Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, Tish, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Walter. I'm uh a native Milwaukeean. Uh, we run a nonprofit here in town called Teach for America. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be uh, tapped on the shoulder. You know, one of my mentors told me earlier this week that at some point they stop asking you to talk, stop asking you to, to say shit and, and to show, make appearances and, 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 and offer your, your gems of wisdom here and there. And so I'm still thankful I'm getting asked to come talk at things. And Tish, thanks for inviting me. 
Absolutely. And then we also got Hayes. Hayes from TZ Talks. Go ahead, Hayes. Introduce yourself. Can y'all hear me? We can hear you. <laughs> good, good. All right, bet. So it's uh, it's your boy Hayes from TZ Talks. Uh, James Hayes, by the way, my first name. But uh, born and raised in Milwaukee. Um, uh, I'm a teach. I'm currently teaching at uh, Milwaukee College Prep, sixth grade. Um, love it. Um, I got I wear a few other hats too, but you know, um, just want to thank you guys for having me. Um, excited to be here. Absolutely. Even though I sound like it, I am though. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and last but not least, go ahead, Josh. Can, can you hear me? <laughs> we can hear you. All right. Yeah. So uh, I don't even know how to. Int- I was on here before as a mm-hmm. under another alias. Um, <laughs> you can use the same <laughs> right. one. <laughs> no, I'm 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 gonna use the government for this one since because of the topic. Um. So yeah, my name is Josh Harwell. Um. Also a Milwaukee native. Um. Uh, and like Hey said. I wear a lot of different hats too. Right now, I think I'm actually wearing too many hats. My damn head is sweat. I can't figure out which direction I want to exactly go in right now. But um, my main thing right now has been uh, writing music for uh, commercial licensing. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, I've been DJing for about 15 years. Um, also been heavily involved in uh, community advocacy work too over the last probably 10 to 15 years too so sitting in some uh good company with hayes and and bond and walter bond i'm sorry i use your dj name dog my bad (laughs) um yeah yeah. so our house by the way uh, yeah our house (laughs) indeed place man y'all take that that washington shit somewhere (laughs) washington what (laughs) that's that's walter man (laughs) it's all good dog well, I can't wait in to get to, you know, to get into the topics that we have for today, but I'm glad to have you guys. I'm glad that you guys took times out of your busy day to join us today. I'm sure Dilly feels the same. Um, yeah, definitely glad to have you guys today. Um, definitely some pillars in our community. People don't, you know, under, they don't understand the gym sometimes that you have right in front of you. So definitely going to appreciate uh, the value that you guys bring today. Um to the show so i just want to say thank you again just for just for being here and joining us today so we definitely appreciate appreciate you guys just taking the time out of your your day to join us so appreciate we're gonna you have too. some fun today for sure we got some good topics cool, i just man. want y'all to know that <laughs> it's just man, I, I gotta man. get used to, get, to our listeners i'm definitely not stiff i gotta get used to being back in the studio in the mic i'm usually um <laughs> Over the last couple months, I've just been sitting at home, staring at the computer screen or my phone screen and just talking and chopping it up. So I got to get used to being back in the mic and, you know, being a little formal. So but we we appreciate you guys being here today and we look forward to just just kind of talking about some things that are definitely important, not only to our community, but to like our young black men that's coming out here. You know, some of the things that have happened um, even just over the weekend with some of like our black uh, black boys and men, it's kind of, you know, I think we need the uplifting yeah. and things like that. So um, definitely yeah. interested in hearing what you guys have to say today concerning some of those things. Dilly, I didn't know if you wanted to add anything to that before. No, I just, um, <laughs> we can get right into it because I, you know, I was just, you know, letting everybody do the introductions. I didn't want to impose or talk over. Um, let's see. So I know a lot of you, you men, gentlemen have said that you were raised or you uh, lived in Milwaukee, born and raised. 
Um, as it pertains to Milwaukee um, and your experiences here, was there an event or was there, or I guess like, what? let me just start off by saying this. So for you gentlemen, and specifically being here in Milwaukee, what does a rite of passage into manhood look like for uh, black men, for black boys, specifically here in Milwaukee? Is, are there organizations that you're familiar with that um, encourage or that facilitate that passage into manhood? Or um, is there something like a local community center that you're familiar with or a family tradition or anything like that? I mean, I guess examples could be like things that go on in um, you know, church uh, communities or not even necessarily religious, but like I said before, maybe like Boys and Girls Club or, or different um, um, associations that you may have been affiliated growing up. I could start. Um, so uh, this is Hayes, by the way. So um, as a kid, I started in this uh, program called Youth Leadership Academy. Um, mm -hmm. I was nine years old, uh, third grade. Um, and it was a it was a, a all boys program. Um, summers we would go every single day out to university school. Um, we had uh, classes. We had you know they fed us really good, um, and you know we had some some rec time and all that too. But um, the the unique thing about that program was it was all black boys from you know all different areas of the north side mostly, mm -hmm. um, and uh, all of our instructors were. Um, black males or black women you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and um just positive people in the community um doing a ton for the community so um uh i was really grateful for that program um and then in the, in the fall and the spring and the winter time we would go on saturdays for more you know what i'm saying we had drill mm -hmm. instructors um drill sergeants i mean um they would you know we just learned a lot of discipline we learned uh you know all the all the intangibles that uh that you may not get at home, you know, because most a lot of us didn't have fathers at the crib, right? So mm -hmm. um, this program was 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 so cold, um, and I, I still see these these instructors to this day doing positive things in our community. Um, and uh, a lot of the guys that were in the program um, have you know become successful in their own rights. You know, I don't like to use the mm -hmm. word successful because you know. It's, it's it's relative, but um, right. doing doing things that that they um, that can be commended, you know, commendable things. Mm -hmm. So um, the program is unfortunately not around anymore. Um, you know, just stuff happens. You know, it, it, it's a long yeah. story. But um, I really that 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 program, I you know, I, I give them so much praise, accolades, um, and I, I was in the program all the way throughout through high school. They had a high school component also, so. It was pretty dope, man, and a uh, very good experience. Okay. Oh. What about Walter? Or yeah, I'll jump in. <laughs> that, that sounds dope. I, I, I participated in some growing up that was, you know, somewhat similar to that. It was in the housing slate of like um, trio programs that exist. That's all of like Upper Bound and Talent. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I participated in a lot of that stuff. And, I, you know, I would say there's, there's less of that, that um, less of like the programming itself that sort of helped, helped me in terms of a rite of, a rite of passage into manhood. It did help me to learn quite a bit about like the systems at play 
around like why I want to go to college and that kind of stuff. Um, I would say like, but the people who I encountered, uh, some of the people who I encountered in addition to some of the like OGs that I, that just surrounded me when I was growing up, um, taught me a lot about that. And so, you know, that makes me think that, you know, we just got a, uh, all kinds of programs that kids can participate in and many of them do good work. So, you know, um, I just want to make sure that, you know, the, the students who are participating in those programs or that we're turning an eye towards making sure that folks have strong male role models. And, you know, I feel For like sure. I was, I've been thinking a lot about this in the context of just my own life. And my uncle was saying, you know, I didn't have like, like I say, a lot of us didn't have father figures. I never met my father. And my uncle was was who kind of was was uh, my father figure growing up, and you know you know recently bought a house and I'm doing a bunch of the stuff that you know with my own two hands at my house that I learned from my uncle growing up, you know, a bunch of stuff that I didn't want to do when I was growing up. I wanted to be out here running, running the streets, but you know uh, I spent time guys <laughs> left and right, you know growing up. Up and all that stuff is actually like kind of like you know playing. It, it, it matters now. It serves a purpose now. So you know, sure. is that kind of lead that kind of guidance too that I want to make sure is in, um, infused into the programs that our kids are participating in. I'll top my head a couple of them that I can think of is Urban Underground. Um, you know, they've just been doing great work on uh, unsung for um, a long time, um, and then um, that's run by Charlotte Moore. It was started by Reggie Moore um, back in the day, and they've graduated a lot of alums who who've gone on to do great stuff in the city. Folks like Ray Nitty and uh, Jeff Kennedy and David Bond, David Crowley, so on and so forth. Mm. So I, I love to show Urban Underground. That's it's one of the few programs I donate to um, every year. Um, and, and and try to get them as much sort of you know airtime whenever I can. So shout out to Urban Underground and the work that y'all been doing. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, my take on that is kind of it's kind of threefold. Um, of course, in addition to what uh, Hayes and Walter already mentioned, like there's at, at one point in time, I don't know if this is still true, but I know in Milwaukee um, per capita we had like the highest number of nonprofit organizations, you know, uh, per capita in the city. So there's, there hasn't been, at least growing up in our era, there hasn't been a shortage of, you know, these type of programs um, that Walter and Hayes already mentioned. So uh, I like, I don't want to beat the dead horse on that, but for me, as far as or personally, and what I've seen other people go through as far as like a rites of passage um, to manhood in Milwaukee specifically, Mine involved a lot of like the direct uh, connections and relationships that I had with people in my life. Um, so on one end, I spent a ton of time around my uncle, you know, like Walter said, um, I grew up trying to follow after, you know, everything that my uncle was doing. And he was only he's only 10 years older than me. So that's my dad's baby brother. I got a lot of street smarts from him. And I did. I did have my dad or I do have my dad in my life still. Um, and so from him. I got a lot of, you know, the the lessons on being responsible and what it means to mm-hmm. have values and stuff. Not saying that my uncle didn't give me that stuff either, right. but you know, there's definitely a lot of things that you know you would have caught me doing or hang places hanging out that with my uncle that I definitely wouldn't have been hanging out with my dad or probably didn't even want him to know I was hanging out at. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> the third, the third part. Um, is like the the community that you build in school. I know mm-hmm. all of us probably can speak to this um being alums of NPS. You it's it's real I, I say it's a real stratified system. Um and I'm pretty sure this is you know 
any school in any public school in America, but you really find out a lot about yourself and the direction that you want to go in based on like the people that you associate yourself with during those rites of passage years. Um, and for me, it was like a, a mix of those three things that for better or for worse helped me come to that rites of passage into manhood. And based on the things that I picked up from my dad, picked up from my uncle, picked up from my peers and things like that. And it just created this, uh, it created this perfect storm that allowed me to have that balance of street smarts, book smarts, common sense, but then also giving myself enough room to make knucklehead ass mistakes because of some of the people that I hung out with um, in school and things like that. And just learning, learning off of experience. And I, I know, unfortunately, some people, um, they don't get a chance to learn off of experience because, you know, some people made the wrong choice that ended up putting them in a position where they didn't get another shot to try it again, whether that being, you know, dead in jail, whatever, not to sound cliche or whatever, but that shit is true. Um, and so for me, I really value that experience growing up of being able to have all three of those elements that kind of develop the mixture of what I consider to be my rites of passage in the manhood. If, if any of that made any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Made a lot of sense. So, and, and like I said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, you know, that's, I'm pretty sure that's true for a lot of a lot of my peers. Um, whether you know, yeah, whether you know whether you did uh, whether you did have your dad in the house or not. You know, I know a lot of people who didn't have a dad in, in the house had people like uncles to look up to, or big yeah. brothers, or big cousins, or whatever. And that like those those values and those lessons that you get from all of those angles mm -hmm. ends up developing you into being the person or the man that you that you become. And then from that point it's really up to you to determine what works for you. And if it does work, keep it, you know, retain it. What doesn't work, get rid of it and, and, and continue to learn to figure out how you can evolve with the changing circumstances to make, you know, your current situation be the best fit for whatever circumstance you're in at that time. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. That boy preaching. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's that Riverside uh, stuff, man. Yeah, already. <laughs> I'm gonna put my wig up, put my shirt on, man. Preaching in here, my white shirt. Everybody got on white shirt, but me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let me go get a white shirt. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, most definitely, I can appreciate that. Especially like it seems, it sounds like um, the constant thing that I heard was like, you know, I had my uncle or I had um, somebody, I had a male figure, so. Um, I think that that gets, um, I get, I think it sometimes it gets overlooked a lot how important that is for um, young men to have, and you know, like just young children in general to um, have a male figure in their life, regardless of you know they can have a very loving home, very loving um, mother, or you know whatever the case is. It's, it seems like it's always going to be, um, and I can speak from personal experience as well. It's always going to be that 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 need or that i don't know like that desire to have a male figure in your life to look up to like i don't know if it's like a sense of se security as a young child or like while you're going through those um those adolescent stages or whatever the case is i mean um so i don't know i'm hoping that you know my my our main goal here is to help encourage people who um maybe yearn 
not in a child's life that they need to be in or thinking about doing mentorship that um, this will get the wheels turning because um, I have two young boys and their their dad is in their life. I mean, he's he's fine. He's, you know, all that, you know, good on paper type of stuff. But I still <laughs> always want to feel I mean, not to shade or nothing like that, but I always I always want um, I want as, as many good influences as possible. So um, I know that um, there there's a lot of nonprofits here in Milwaukee. And for I mean, I guess I, I guess I don't know if there are a lot of I don't want to say there are a lot. Are, are there enough or are the programs here? Like, are they spoken about enough as far as like for young black males? Because, you know, you look at the statistics and it's like five, three, two, low six. That zip code has the highest what? Um, unemployment rate or black males or this the highest um, incarcerations or zip codes. I'm messing up the statistics real bad. But, um, <laughs> we get it. But, we yeah. get it. So I guess just want to note that. Um, so you can go ahead. You got a question? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, just kind of, I mean, it's really just a piggyback. Like when you talk about the people who you did have as, um, that that you did look up to like I have a son that's older too and it's not just me and his dad or his um obviously my husband is his stepdad or whatever but it's not just me and my husband and his dad that play a major role in his life it's other people right mentors and other programs that um like his basketball program or his football program um and sometimes it's a life experience that changes your life sometimes you go through something right so is there any is there any life experience was there is there experience or a person that that changed your life right was there something in your life that you said you know what I'm glad that happened to me whether good or bad I'm glad I went through that because if I wouldn't have gone through that moment I probably wouldn't be the man that I am today or the person that I am today if it wouldn't have been for that moment or that person it's a lot of those moments. Okay. I mean, shit, if y'all yeah, no, I mean, them. so I, I, uh, I guess my, my most recent one and probably the most relevant to me now is becoming a father of my damn self. Um, that, that was a moment that really made me cause pr- prior to becoming a father of myself, like I was always aware of, uh, you know who who I was as a person, the struggles that I endured, my my insecurities, my flaws, my positive, like the good stuff about me. Like I've always been aware of these things, and it's it hasn't always been easy to to deal with them, uh, with knowing those things. But once I became a father myself, it was I felt like it was more important for me to keep that on the on the top of my mind at all times because I know that my son is probably going to eventually go through that same thing too. Um, and to be aware of that and be mindful of that at all times, it was like, that was a life changing experience for me because not only did it, it helped me see a lot of my own bullshit, um, in ways that, you know, I probably would have overlooked in the past. Cause like I said, I, in the past I knew about them, but I didn't care too much to make a change about them. Um, but now being a dad myself and knowing that he probably going to go through those same things, um, it, when, when I do run into, you know, things about myself, it's like, man, I really need to change that. Um, it's, it's, it's more important for me to express that outwardly so that my, so my son can see that process of what that change looks like. And also, um, keeping in mind that like, 
how you raise a, a child is not one size fits all. Um, because mm-hmm. when he was born, you know, I made it a point to say, and this this ain't this ain't a dig or a shot at my pops at all because he you know he he raised me to be what I am right now, um, and I'm and I'm proud of where I am. But I I told myself I'm not gonna raise my son the same way that I was raised. And like I said, it's not due to my dad raising me in a bad or flawed way. It's just that I know that my son, the, his personality, it probably wouldn't be as responsive to that method as as I was because I know how much I rebelled against it. And I feel like, you know, if I take more time to uh, be aware of applying specific, I don't want to call it techniques. That sounds just too much like a hard <laughs> term. Um, but if I if I apply um, if I apply those same techniques to to how I raise my son, it might not work. And so, mm-hmm. being aware of what people are responsive to, how people learn, um, yeah. you know, all the way down to how you discipline a kid, like. I think all of those things are important in that uh, that that relationship between a mentor and a mentee or a father and a son, father and a daughter, whatever. It's a father and a child, period. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't want to ramble anymore, but I say all that to say um, that I I think it's, it's really that 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 was the moment for me that really changed my life was becoming a dad myself. It made me be way more aware of my own shit. Cool. Cool. Sir. um, I I put a slight different bend on that. I I tell the story often and Josh has probably, you know, heard me tell the story before about my favorite teacher in in high school. And um, I I won't bore y'all with the details here, but Mrs. Smith was her name. She was my AP lit teacher. And, and, you know, I think the the role that she, aside from all the lessons she taught me, I think the role, one of the roles that she played for me is, which I feel like is critical, especially for our young um, for our young people broadly, especially for our young black boys, there's no shortage of things in this world that's going to tell them, that, like, that's going to, you know, strike at their confidence. And, you know, we have to be, the adults around them have to constantly be in a pursuit of, like, helping them um, build that up or build it back up um, from where it was and to let them know that, like, you know, they are, they're talented, they're worthy, they, they, got, the, they got the juice, too. And I feel like Mrs. Smith um, at Washington, actually, you know, which is, you know, I joke a lot about Washington. I defend Washington to the core because I went there. <laughs> you know, I say, say shit bad about it unless you went there. So. <laughs> I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, but what I know is I wouldn't I wouldn't see my kid there. And, you know, and that's, that's just it's just not a place that's, that's, that's you know, for, for whatever reason, we could debate the reasons all day long. It's not a place that's mm-hmm. His promises to kids. And I feel like a lot of people stare down, a lot of parents stare down that decision of like, man, this is the school that's right down the street from my kids. It's like, eh, but like it is down the street from, do I send my kid there or not? And, you know, we made the decision to send, you know, my uncle and my grandmother made the decision to send me to Washington, you know, partially because they believed in their ability and what they were going to sort of like pour in me to, to augment whatever I was getting or not getting at Washington. But also because we knew some of the teachers who was up there and, you know, I had a sense of like the adults I would be surrounded by. And Mrs. Smith was just the first of those people. And I would say also my 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 freshman um uh, my freshman guidance counselor, Mrs. Woods. Um and both of those women kinda like let me know that like I was smart too. And like I, you know, I think always in the back of my mind and uh, in the back of my in the butter minds a lot of MPS kids is like, well what's gonna happen when I get to college or how do I stack up against some kids at Nicolay or University School? Right. Yeah. 
you know, Mr. Smith let me know that like I could talk that shit right alongside them too. It was it was super critical. I knew that I knew that I had gained something special when I got to Marquette and I was like, Oh, this freshman this freshman English thing, I could this is I could do this. <laughs> And I'm like, damn, she was right. I am smarter than them. And like, you know, I had all this fear around like, you know, what they schools is like and how they, how good they schools was on the state report card or whatever we had back then. Like, man, I came from Washington. They came from such and such. Um, but like, no, nah, it ain't, it ain't like that. And like, it don't gotta be that way, but you need adults in kids' life who gonna constantly tell them that and remind them that. And like, mm-hmm. that the ideas matter and that they worthy and so on and so forth. And so, you know, shout out to, to Mrs. Smith and Mrs. Woods. Uh, those are those are two two women who in, in a in a pretty, you know, mediocre school school by academic standards, they were able to build me up in a way that I was, you know, ready to go conquer the world. That's what's up. Hayes, what about you? Man, dang, y'all y'all why I gotta go last? <laughs> I, mean, I ain't got no kids. I have no teachers that believe in me. Hear me? Well, I mean, <laughs> a moment that changed your life. A moment I mean uh, moment I'm gonna say a moment that changed my life was uh um in college. Um I went to Whitewater or whatever. Um and uh, I had a roommate, um best friend, one of my best friends, probably my best friend at you know, at the time or whatever, Ray Ray G, uh Ray Woods. Um uh man unfortunately he passed away um i actually found him in our in our uh in our living room unresponsive um had a he had a brain aneurysm or whatever uh, our sophomore junior year junior year at whitewater or whatever and uh man that just kind of that was like my dad died two years before that right um well no yeah two years before that and i took that death uh, Ray's death a little, I don't know, it, it, it just affected me more. Um, he was 21 years old, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it just it just put life into perspective for me, man. Like, you just you just can't take anything for granted. And uh, it kind of made me, it, it opened my eyes to, some, to some, some craziness that goes on in our health field, too. Like, the healthcare system, because uh, we actually, um, the night before he passed away, he, you know, I just noticed something was off with him. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's a neurological uh, uh, brain aneurysm, this you know neurological thing. So I, I noticed some things that was wrong with him. So me and my homie, we ran him up to Fort Atkinson, 15 minutes away from Whitewater. They sent him home, talking about it was a uh, what did they say dehydration. They treated him for dehydration. Sent him home. We went and got his prescription. Blah blah. blah you know, taking his pills like he was supposed to. Uh, taking the medicine like he was supposed to. That night. Before I went to class, gave him his stuff, um, and then came back from class, passed away. Um, wow. So that that was crazy, man. Like we had the whole school up there, like protesting. You know, we were salty about that, you know, because um, they should have they should have kept them. You you feel what I'm saying? Right. Um, anyway, but that that just put wow. life into perspective for me, man. Like 21 years old, you can just die <laughs> like that. You know what I'm saying? Like no warnings no nothing life could be over so it, it told me you can't take any day for granted any second for granted you feel me um mm. because uh you just never know man you could you could i could kill over and pass away right now you know like so um recently um now i'm kind of I, I can admit sometimes i'm a little lazy right so um uh just thinking back i think often like Ray was a go-getter. Like, he had got kicked out of school, 
because he had a bill. He went, he went, he, he left, came back to Milwaukee, hustled up some bread, paid his bill just so he can get back to school. You feel me? Um, and so I often think when I'm being lazy, well, you know, Ray was a hustler, G. Ray mm-hmm. won't want you to be out here, you know, you not using the gifts that you got. Like, you know, so um, I got this, I got this man's name tatted on me. That was like, wow. you know, that, that that was my dog. And so, um, yeah, that, that death just put everything into perspective for me, man. I was I was so depressed. Like, I was so hurt. Um, but it kind of made me stronger, man. It, it, it like that's so cliche, but mm-hmm. it did, man. I, I was going through it. I ain't gonna lie, I was going through it for months, like months and months and months. And I didn't know I was depressed at the time. You know, I was just right. partying, drinking, not going to class, just you know, doing crazy stuff. But you know, I mean, I'm only human. So when I look back on it, and I had time to reflect on it, I'm like, man, yeah, I needed some help at that time. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it ended up uh, it ended up making me, uh, you know, a lot stronger. And I often, like I said, I often think about, um, you know, I could be gone just like that. So I, I it, it puts stuff in perspective for me. So I, uh, I'm, on, I'm on my game every day, you know, especially with these kids. You got to be, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, with, you know, I do graphic design. I cut hair. Like, I, I need multiple streams of income. I'm in investment groups. I guess it's what I ain't. You know, for when I do have my kids, like like Josh, I'll be, you know, they'll be ready. I, they'll be straight, you know, so. Yeah, yeah that's my that's my thing. That's my thing. Yes, do y'all sir. mind if I steal a moment? Oh, go ahead. I just want to, sure. I want to <laughs> say that was very um, inspiring because I have a neurological disorder. So when you shared that, for me, it was like, stay on your shit, right? Because sure. you write any moment. You could be gone. I remember yeah. waking up my first time um, for mine. I had a, a seizure. And I remember waking up in an elevator on a stretcher. Like, what the hell? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm laughing, yeah. like, just out of nervousness. But I remember waking up, looking at, at the lights in the elevator, like, what? What am mm-hmm. I doing? Perfectly healthy person. Um, and just mm-hmm. being like, what is going on? Why am I? And we don't realize sometimes we be overly stressed. Or we just, because we feel like we small, like for some, you know, for people, we feel like we skinny or whatever the case may be. We can eat however we want to eat or, you know, we can just go and go and go and go. And so, you know, to the listeners, just like Hayes said, we can't take any day, any second, any moment for granted. You know, that's why I asked, you know, what Mm -hmm. moment changed your life? So I hope Mm -hmm. that changes somebody, you know, changes somebody's life. For sure. Can I I jump back in for a minute? Oh, Absolutely. And I'm cooking back and forth. That's why I'm it's running right. back and forth. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I can it's hear y'all right. though. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think along with you know everything that Hayes just said about uh, going through moments like that and never taking any second of life for granted. I think it's also important to even to be on the lookout for those moments too, mm-hmm. um, because. Yeah is you know they can for one they can strike at any time and for two it's so much value in the lessons um that that come from those moments and they could easily be missed because i know for for me personally um when i look back i mean there are some standout moments for sure um that kind of altered the course of my life but i also know too that i was kind of 
I went through this knucklehead phase where I did. I was like, eh, you know, YOLO, like you only live once. I don't give a fuck, blah, blah, blah. And I'm pretty sure I missed out on a lot of lessons because of that, because I didn't care to look for um, the lesson in any particular moment. And, you know, who knows? Like there it could be a lesson sitting back there somewhere that I missed because of my ignorance of just thinking that. I could just breeze through those moments and not care and just be like, oh, I just, you know, that 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 happened, get over it, move on. When mm-hmm. in actuality, like, yeah, on one hand, it is important to move on with your life, but it is also important, it's equally important to reflect on those moments when you encounter them. And so having like having your eyes open to when those moments come, because then I, I uh having your eyes open for when those moments come, I feel that you'll be able to react to them more efficiently. Maybe not necessarily better because, you know, that's that's very subjective, but definitely more efficiently because it's always on the top of your mind. Like, all right, what's the lesson in this situation right here? And how can I use to move forward and, and better my life? Because um, I had a similar experience to what Hayes said. Like, I, I walked in and found one of my uncles uh, dead. And this was, this was like the this was during finals week during my first semester in, in grad school. And prior to that, like I had no, I mean, I knew what anxiety was. I knew what depression was, you know, all those things. But (laughs) until that moment happened, and and by the way, he had been, he was dead for a week already when we found him. So it wasn't wasn't a pretty sight, you know what I'm saying? And so that mixed in with me having to do like, three 18 page papers, you know, for, wow. for grad school and just, it's just so much shit happened at once. And I had my first major panic and anxiety attack in the library a couple days after that happened. And like, had I, had I not, had it not been for that m- moment before that, I probably would have just wrote it off as like, Oh, I just was, you know, I was just tired. I was just exhausted, whatever, and just wrote it off as as just something that you know could have just went unnoticed. But because that event had happened not too long before that, I was like, damn, maybe, maybe this shit is connected in some kind of way. Maybe mm-hmm. what I saw got buried deep down somewhere inside of me, and I just tried to you know hold strong as long as I can just to get through the next day, like I mentioned earlier, because I was on the tail end of that phase of just trying to push through. I was like, maybe those things are connected. And so after I had that, that, uh, that major panic attack, while the, the days following that, it wasn't, it wasn't easy at all. But because I was conscious and aware of that defining moment that happened not too long before that, I was like, maybe, maybe I need to go get some help. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so before that, I never would have considered like going to therapy or taking anxiety medication, whatever. But because that moment happened, I put the two together and I, you know, it turned out obviously they were related, but it was because of that that allowed me to make a, a smarter decision to take better, you know, to take better care of myself mentally, physically, whatever. And I mean, I still, to this day, I still suffer with, you know, bouts of anxiety and depression and it, it goes up and down, but at the very least, what I have now that I didn't have prior to that was something to attach it to. Yeah. And, you know, when yeah. you kind of, when you lost and you don't know where it's coming from, 
I feel like it's scary, a hundred bro. times worse. Yeah, it's way it's scary as a fool. I, it's you know, super I, 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 scary. <laughs> When you don't, when you don't know why did like why is this happening to me? Am I am I going crazy? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. is it, is it something wrong with me? What what what's going on? And if you don't have nothing to attach it to, that's nine times out of ten, that's probably what you're gonna chalk it up to. Um, but when you can be aware of your surroundings and things that's happened, it's, it kind of help you be able to make those decisions to to do what you need to do to put yourself in a better position to heal, to get treatment um, or whatever. And that's also a shout out to anybody that's listening yeah. who is going through some type of mental health uh, stuff, because I mean, that's, that shit is real. It affects yeah. you no doubt. mentally, physically, all that. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who's still to this day, like I manage it, way better than I used to in the past but I mean it's still even me having all the education and information that I have about that it still affects me heavily Mm -hmm. um so for somebody Mm -hmm. who might be suffering like don't be afraid to don't be afraid to admit that you possibly might need help I'm not gonna be the one Mm -hmm. to preach and say ah go get help go get help because I even know what it feel like to be in that position you know when you like People tell you, go get help. And you're like, man, you don't know me. You don't know my life. Like, what yeah. you think? I'm crazy. And so you don't want to push too hard on that either. But the very, very first step is just acknowledging that, like, yeah. yo, there might there might be a, a, a cause or something, a few layers that need to be peeled back that's attached to why I'm feeling this way. And start yeah. there. And then progressively, you know, move towards, all right, maybe I'll go talk to somebody. I'll go see a therapist. I'll talk to a friend, whatever. But just acknowledging that it's it's not just coming from nowhere. Like, it's oh, yeah. it's probably something attached to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I can, I can, uh, I can, I can piggyback off that, too, man. Like, I had, I've had um, some anxiety issues, you know. Um, I think I had my first panic attack when I was 18, right? Um, and I like I like contrary to what Josh said, I don't I don't even know where mine came from. It just one day I just you know and it just happened. It was the scariest shit ever. Like you know, and it's still like even if I have one, you know, they they're kind of minor now, and I kind of know how to control them, you know. Um, and I know what the triggers are. You know, I know how to you know kind of kind of ease it um, away. But um, when I was eighteen, when it first happened, I was like, what the. Am I, yeah, like that first am I going one, crazy? Boy. Yeah, like what the hell? <laughs> it's 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 like debilitating, man. You don't, you don't know what like I was like, what the hell? And so, um, yeah, man. Like I went, to, I went and talked. I, I talked to my my mom, and she was like, "Well, uh, would you like to go talk to somebody about it?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Because this <laughs> this shit ain't cool. <laughs> like I, I need some I need somebody to talk to. But um, you know, once you understand it, and you kind of, I mean, it's not. It's never you're never gonna fully understand depression and anxiety. You're never really gonna fully understand it, right? Like doctors, they don't even fully understand it. You feel what I'm saying? Like the brain is so crazy. <laughs> like it's so many. Like you know, they still figuring out stuff about the brain to this day. So, yep. um, like like you said, just if you if you if you need help, get that help, man. Like it's it's so taboo in our community, though. You feel what I'm saying? Like if somebody you know is. <laughs> is depressed you know uh, what, what's the first word that's gonna come out of our mouth oh crazy yeah. or, no you know like folks really got something wrong with him like mm-hmm. you know he can't control it obviously if you could you think people want to walk around here depressed no you know what i'm saying so um until you until you've had an episode you can't speak on it you mm-hmm. feel me 
like because this that shit ain't no joke, G. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I did get help. Um, you know, I talked to somebody. I didn't. I didn't have to take any medicine because um, I just wanted to sh- sh- stray away from that. See if I can control it myself first. And I, you know, I was cool um, after after that. But um, yeah, man, don't be don't be afraid to to go and talk to somebody if you ever have any kind of mental health issues, man. It's, it'll save your life. Period, man. I know. I know people that took themselves out that couldn't that was too afraid to go talk to somebody or did talk to somebody and still didn't help. But you know, you just can't say um, that that you know uh, those methods don't work for you if you haven't ever tried them. So. Go ahead, man. For sure. You got to demystify what it means to try to try this stuff, too, because, like, as someone who's also done my own battling, still battling with my demons, you know, the whole probably is a bunch of questions that, like, you know, we're not even hearing, but that people wondering, like, is this expensive? I ain't got no money for that. Is it going to be somebody black I can talk to? Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. So, like, it's a whole... There's a whole community out there that I just didn't really know anything about until, you know, and, and, and shouts of, you know, I've I, I dabbled before, but my, you know, I do, we do couples therapy, me and my lady, and, you know, that's just been super helpful. Not even because nothing wrong to keep everything right. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah. You know, it's a black woman named Tracy who, who helps us out, and, you know. Um, it's just, it's just, it's a low barrier to entry. I ain't got to involve medicine. I'm, I, I too am not on the whole take extra, take a bunch of extra meds thing. I hate that. Um, you know, feel burned every time I end up taking a bunch of meds, but this ain't got nothing to do with meds. It's just, it don't got to cost a lot of money. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's folks out there who can help, you know, we gotta, we gotta stop being scared of that kind of stuff. Right up. I think there are a couple problems that come along with um, black uh, people, black men um, not acknowledging um, that they need help at times when it comes to mental health, um, anxiety, depression. And I want to say that, it, you know, it's of no fault of their own. I think there's just like a couple things that that don't help. It's like, well, you know, I'm strong. I don't need no help from nobody. I got this. And it turns into you know, yeah, you're strong, but you're also human. Mm-hmm. And I always say this, like, if you're, black men are human, and it's okay to feel that's what human beings are. And I think it's like, it's a lot of rooted racism in, in um, a lot of different, um, a lot of different systems, a lot of different um, institutions out there where black people just come, oh, well, you know, they don't, they don't feel, they're fine, they're so strong and so resilient and all this other stuff, or, you know, um, the belief that we can pretty much just pray all over the way and you know i feel like prayer and meditation are important but you know some it can't you know there are things that literally you need um professional help with handling and i don't think that it um or or the uh, other part of that is that you know um, we're, we're looking for ways to um, can you hear me now yep yeah <laughs> okay so yeah, my bad. I think my finger keep um, touching the microphone. So they're th- they're looking at ways to try to you know score some drugs or different things like that, like all these negative stereotypes. So to avoid fitting into whatever, have somebody you know judge us because um, or black people a whole get judged, and then black men and black women get judged separately on different levels. It's just kind of like well, forget it. You know, I'll just deal with it myself. And it's just like um, there's that. It, it's not it's not healthy it can't continue i always feel like the next generation has to be better than the last and um i really i'm really thankful for 
um, generations now, millennials and the ones coming up after us, and just people overall, like, really recognize, like, no, you know, black people, y'all need, you need to go talk to black men. You need to find somebody to talk to. Um, you know, it's important. It's okay. Doesn't mean that you're any less of a man at all. I personally feel that you're more of a man. If you know how to communicate, you know what's wrong. You can, you can, um, you can, what I want to say, you can, um, not attract it, but you can recognize it. Um, because it's, it's rough. It's hard. I know me being a black woman is rough in myself. It's rough, but also being a black man is rough in its own right. And I can't, I can't, I, I, I can empathize, but I can never say I fully understand. I get completely what it is that you're going through because in addition to dealing with um, mental health and anxiety, then there's other factors that are coming into play in, um, in, you know, in America overall, like right now, like police brutality and, um, you know, having a whole conversation with your children and, you know, just to, uh, a conversation that every black parent has had to have with their black child. Like if you get pulled over, this is what you need to do. Like my oldest child is nine. We've had to start having this conversation with him. I had to literally tell him and, you know, it's going to be more conversations. Like, um, you have to be smarter than them. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to give them the idea that you have to completely obey and all these other things, but like you have to be smarter than them. You have to try to recognize what their next steps or what their ne- next actions are going to be. Because how many times have we seen videos and it's like, okay, they got a gun pulled on them. And then it's like, well, I need to see your ID. I need to see your driver's license registration. And they're like, well, I'm not going to go for that because you got a gun pulled on me. The minute I, my hands, you can't see them, then you're going to shoot me. And I mean, like, have y'all had those conversations, you know, with those of you with, uh, with children or, you know, um, conversation or that you know you're around children whatever or those conversations have have been having you can you recognize or can you remember like when you had to start having that that conversation with your family about that uh yeah i mean so as the as the only dad on this panel um (laughs) i i can i can speak to um a situation that happened recently involving something, you know, something similar to that. And it was, I ain't gonna lie. It was on one hand, it was heartbreaking for me to have to have that conversation with my son. But on another, mm-hmm. on another hand, I'm glad that, you know, I did go through all the stuff that I talked about earlier to get to the point that I'm even comfortable and uh, aware enough to have that conversation. And it was basically what it was, was, um, this was uh, had to be like two two months ago or something. It was like right around the time when all this lockdown, shutdown stuff first started happening. Um, but he wanted to go to the park and uh, and hit the baseball. So uh, you know, I took him. I took him to the park to to go play baseball. And when we got there, the actual baseball diamond it was locked. And so, you know, I'm telling them like, yeah, well, we're not going to be able to play on the diamond today. We just we can find some other grass to go play or whatever. We just can't go there because it's locked. And so uh, luckily for him, for us, it happened to be like a little caged, uh, a batting cage next to it that was open. And so we're in there playing and, you know, I'm tossing the ball to him. He having a just having a blast, like pure 
childlike blissful ignorance to all the, the <laughs> evils of the world and i'm just every time i see that you know i, I shed a dad tear um but uh <laughs> that's beside the point so <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's a maybe, thug tear g yeah thug tear <laughs> <laughs> I, I say about about 30 minutes into us playing it was a group another group of people uh, that white people um, came to the same park that we was at. And now, like I said, we were still in uh, the, the baseball diamond was still very much in our field of vision because it was right. It was adjacent to the batting cage. And so my son saw this group. It was it was two white men and two white women. And so they approached the baseball diamond just like we did, saw that it was locked. But instead of going to do something else, they hopped the fence. Mm. And so my son was like, now, Mind you, you know, had this been a different time, I probably would have did the same shit uh, because I'm like, whatever. Like, yeah, that's what we used to do when we was kids. But now I do have to I got to strategize those steps now because now there's another life involved in this and not only another life, but it's a life that I'm responsible for. And so his first thing was, well, I mean, we can go play daddy because they just jumped over the fence to go play on a baseball diamond so we could do it too, right? And I'm like, yes and no. You know what I'm saying? Like, physic- yes, we're both physically capable of hopping that fence to go and play baseball, you know, on, on the baseball diamond. But there's this other thing that I got to tell you about now, unfortunately, that if, the, if somebody happened to call the police um, because for, what, see, for whatever, it don't even have to be because they saw us playing in a goddamn locked diamond if some if the if police came over there and we happened to be playing in the field that was locked to the public is a whole string of events that possibly could happen to us in that in the process of trying to explain why we hopped the fence to play baseball that might not happen to that those other two men and those other two women like i'm gonna be honest I'm not at the point yet where I'm ready to like make that a hundred percent clear to him and say like, Oh, that, because those were two white women and two white men. I know eventually I'm going to have to, he's seven yeah. years old. Um, so I'm trying to, I mean, I ain't going to lie. Knowing that I'm a strong presence in his life. I know that at least he has me as a safety net to where I don't feel like I have to go that deep with him yet. Um, but I know that that's going to come, but I basically, you know, broke it down to him as uh, elementary as I could and just told him like, we can't do what they did because we might get in more trouble than they did for, you know, for doing the same thing that, that we trying to do. And luckily, you know, he was like, he was distracted by the fact that we still had something to do. And I, you know, we still made it fun. So he didn't really press the issue anymore, but that, I mean, that was, that is the most recent, um, situation that that comes to mind in regards to you know having those types of conversations with with our kid just how how the world does actually like you do have to look through the world in a different lens Mm -hmm. um, when you come from from certain backgrounds and Mm -hmm. i mean it's just a it's just a reality that we face and but then on the other hand like i i I also i stray away from or i'm never going to put him in a position to make him feel like like he's handicapped because of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. I want him to be aware of it 100%, but I also don't want him walking around feeling like 
you know, just because basically like the world owe him something. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 hard for me. It's hard to even hear myself say that, but it's true. It's it's just something that that's just life right now, and that's not that's not me ignoring or denying the fact that those things need to change but i also know that i don't have the power individually to change it right now at the snap of my finger so mm-hmm. it don't make no it don't make no sense for me to pretend that i can and because that is the reality and that is life i want him to be aware of it but i also don't want that to make him feel like you know he can't do something. he's at it yeah th- that he can't do something or that yeah basically that you know that he's handicapped because he's not a white boy yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And shouts to the shouts to the decision to just kind of preserve his innocence, man. I know that's like a that's a that's an actual tension point that I see a lot of my uh, my friends, um, including my best friend, grapple with. Of like, you know, on one hand, they gotta you are their liaison to the world, and they gotta see the world, you know, shape their understanding of the world through you. On the other hand. Uh, we all we all have seen or even been the kids who kind of got some of them lessons too early. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful for some of that stuff that taught me to get some of those lessons too early. But like on the flip side, that's not how it should have to be. I may, right. but that's not how it should have to be. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I shout out anybody who's just taking steps to just kind of like I feel, let them kids be kids. As long as you for sure. keep that bubble intact, let them kids be kids. because You know, it ain't going to be no shortage of lessons, hard lessons to get learned from the world out right. there. No sense to start. And that's and that's my thing is I uh nine times out of ten, like it's it's more likely than not that he's at, at this age, because I am so heavily involved in his life, it's like it's more likely than not that I will be with him when you know when those situations approach. So I don't have to at this point worry about him being out there in the world alone and having to uh, encounter a certain situation like that and him figuring out, you know, what decision should he make or is this because, you know, I'm black or whatever the case may be. So right now, because I know I'm probably going to be there. And if I'm not, I know my dad probably going to be there. If, you know, if it's, n- I know somebody going to be there yeah. for him. So I'm trying to preserve that innocence as long, you know, as long as I can, because like, and I'm not just saying that, saying this just because he's my kid but they, he's literally one of the happiest kids i know just because he just like he just love to play and that's it you know what i'm saying like he's he a real not, kid man he's he a, a real he a kid dead ass real kid. like he's a real ass kid dog like he <laughs> like he like to be outside more than he like to you know he still get his screen time here and there but i say like in ratios, it's probably like a four to one you know what i'm saying that's like he's probably outside doing some shit four times more than the one time that he, you know, on his iPad or something. That's usually just when he just got like chilling, yeah. getting ready to go to sleep or whatever. But yeah, yeah man, he a, sound like us, G, back in man. the day, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. And that, that's that's why I'm trying to preserve it. That's another oh, reason. Yeah. He's flipping on mattresses and drinking uh, water. <laughs> you hear me? You hear me? <laughs> man, straight up. Um. So, um, just to answer your question, I won't be too long, but um. Uh, I talk to my students um, about that stuff. You know, I don't try to be too heavy on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it's something that's in the media, that's that's a pressing issue. And, you know, I, I try to, uh, we have these, we have days of the week where we kind of like, um, we bring our, we split our boys and girls up into groups or whatever. And we, you know, it's called a pride. So we got, we got prize, right? So um, like lion, you know, prides. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, um, 
we take them and we, you know, we talk to them or whatever, you know, about pressing issues, you know, just kind of our life. But um, I don't try to get too deep, right? Because, you know, they're what, 11 years old, right? And like, mm. you know, they, they know a little more, you know, than say Josh's son may know, right? Um, but I, I ain't gonna press the issue to where they go home and talk to they they peoples and they people's like, man, I ain't even talked to my man about yeah, that right. kind of stuff, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. mm-hmm. I try to, you know, I try to get my point across without, like, like y'all said, like without um, making them scared of law enforcement, you know, because that ain't the, that ain't what we want to do, like, you right. know what I'm saying? And to not like trust law enforcement, but um, and, and and like I said, on the other hand, I try try to keep it as you know PG as possible to um, while keeping it real at the same time. But um, so I don't want no parents like coming back at me type stuff um, because um, even though uh, you know the, the the issues may be pressing, we 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 maybe want we may we may want to talk about them in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just got to be like, hey, well, you know, talk to your you know go talk to your peoples about that. You know, I'll give you an introduction, but then you know go finish, go get the go get the rest from your parents or whatever or somebody that you know you feel comfortable talk, talking to that talk uh, about that with so um i use i use those teachable moments you know often but you know like i said i try to i don't try to be too deep you know to to where i um kind of i don't want to like shape their view of anything i just kind of want to inform them and let them you know take that how they want to take it yeah that's fair yeah i'll tell you on that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think a a good analogy <laughs> like like to to use for the amount of quote unquote watering you know into them uh, of that information is is literally like a plant you know what I'm saying like oh, a plant yeah, needs so. water to grow but if you give it too much water you're gonna drown it and so I think that oh. that's the same thing with the information that you know what I'm saying that we give our kids at a at this age especially when they're this young is. You want to give them a little bit of water, just, you know what I'm saying, some nourishment and let them know, like, yes, this does exist. And these are things that are a reality in this world, but you don't want to water it too much to the point where they yeah. start drowning in it. And then now, you know what I'm saying, they they can't even function because their view is tainted from just Trump. being drowned by that information and now they're going to see everything through that lens you know what i'm saying right. mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. slowly walking them through so that they could progress to the point where as they start and as their critical thinking skills start to develop more over time then you can start hitting them with a little bit deeper information a little bit deeper from there and a little bit deeper from mm-hmm. there so that they can decipher for themselves what it is uh you know that they take from those situations because i mean you, you think about being a kid Imagine, you know, your grandma, or your dad, your uncle, whatever, telling you something like absolute something is absolutely true. And you don't like you don't know whether it's true or not. You just taking a word on it and you just run with that all your life. And now you see in life through that lens. And but then you get right. to a point you look back like like, damn, they kind of that kind of was misleading <laughs> yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe their intentions was real. But what the information that they was feeding me might not have been relevant to my path in life because it's something that they dealt with growing up or it's just that it was their reality and then you look back and realize like damn if i would have just not been seeing things that way i could have imagined how many other things i could have learned in life or how many other things i could have seen but i was so 
tainted and I'm just saying tainted that you know yeah. uh objectively um but I was so tainted by their view on something that it became my own and I didn't oh, even yeah. know my own view on on this issue because mm-hmm. their word was gospel and that's just yeah. that's not beneficial as a as an individual mm-hmm. because at some point you're going to learn that like I just you know my the people that I watched growing up might see something a certain way. I might not see it that way. That don't mean they way was wrong. That just mean it don't apply to me. You know what I'm saying? So pushing too hard on them, especially at a young age, you run the risk of, of doing just that, you know, turning a bunch of kids into like, like just, uh, rebels without a cause. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I hate the police. Oh, have you ever, encountered? <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that there are some people who, have you can rightfully so have every reason to hate the police but if you're telling a kid that's seven years old to hate the police by the time they come 27 years old they ain't never had a run-in with the law they ain't never witnessed police brutality for themselves in real life they ain't never had any negative encounter with law enforcement but at 27 they still hate the police because you told them to at seven you know what i'm saying and so and then where do that and what did that lead to? You know, I feel like without without teaching children to decipher, they carry they just carry so much of that for it. It can be stuff as small as like I don't like onions, you know. Uh, yeah. You never, like, you never oh. had any? You ever ate onions before? <laughs> no, right. I just don't right. like them. <laughs> never going to DC and having a steak with some onions on it. I was like, hey, these things ain't half bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> right exactly. <up. laughs> just because my uncle said I don't like onions. Like, yep. how many other things you know that's is you just got a discernment and the ability to like think critically like josh said it's just so it's so important mongo used to say you know don't don't trust anything anybody says including me and if your teacher tell you two plus two equals four ask her why yeah. um mm-hmm. they, they literally did used to do that shit in school and probably got you know probably was too much of an asshole with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Right. You say actually one plus three is four, so I don't know where you get your information from. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know what that is. But why I gotta be two two? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. It could I be a different way. <laughs> right. yeah. it's all good. But no, I, I I totally feel everything y'all saying. Um, like I said, I got my son is becoming a man. So it is hard. I'm glad to have a man in his life, men in his life, even a couple of y'all. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all. <laughs> like for real, because it's hard and it's I can't I can give him some things, right? I can give him a few a few things. Like I'm teaching him how to cook so he can take care of himself. Um, you know, teaching him how to wash his butt, teaching you know, things like that. But I can't teach him at the end of the day, I can't teach him how to be a man. Um I can teach him how to like treat a woman maybe in some ways but um i can't teach him how to fully be a man and that kind of brings me to my next question like even relationships what are some things that you guys um i don't know what what are some things that relationships have taught you i know like uh walter what what did i see on facebook today today is your one year uh, anniversary of being engaged things like that like what how Damn, for real what yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a year what ago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What are, yeah, you know, cool. how does that, how do those things ass. affect you? You know, relationships, how do those things play a role in your life as men? Yeah, I, uh, a year, uh, you know, we, we we decided to take a little bit longer route. We, we September 2021, and I was just, we were just joking the other day, we probably got lucky doing that because, you know, we we hopefully won't sure. 
and all this, uh, this COVID nonsense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, for what it's worth, a lot of the, I haven't been in too many, like, you know, for real, for real relationships. I think I've been in like four for real relationships in my uh, lifetime, maybe five. Uh, <laughs> Somebody gonna be mad. Still out, Four <laughs> <the> possible. <laughs> um, and um, you know, and I feel like a lot of what, like, it just kind of ties into everything that we were talking about earlier. Like, you don't have uh, a vessel for dealing with your mental health stuff or your anxiety and depression stuff when you, you know, have only when you only have been taught and when you only know what you've been told by you know your your you know some OGs in your life you never really interrogated it or whatever all that kind of shit comes out sideways in your relationships and so i feel like you know uh some of this is just the old you know the old tried and true people got to be ready and they got to be loyal and communicative and all that kind of stuff but a lot of that is like you know we got to deal with our baggage from years past and stop carrying that shit and putting it on women who we involved with too and that's something that like you know that that usually that right there that's the frame for every pretty facebook debate on you know men versus women or any episode of insecure basically but <laughs> like that stuff is real and you know one of the things that's taught me over the years is just like and, and then who, you know that therapy has helped me realize too is that like the stuff you that you're dealing with when you don't deal with it um, it just comes out sideways and sideways could look like any number of things. And oftentimes it just looks like, you know, behaviors in a relationship that you might not, uh, that's not even you. Uh, it's just stuff that you ain't dealt with coming out sideways. You know, think about the archetype of the angry old man who always yelling at his wife or something. That's him probably dealing with something that he never dealt with with his dad and just kind of buried it. And then like, you know, decades later, that's coming out sideways with his wife because he yelling and being a, a cantankerous asshole, you know. Um, and, you know, part of what I'm trying to commit to in this era of my life is not letting my baggage from previous relationships or previous eras of my life or, you know, my own bouts with mental health, not letting that stuff really um, bog down what I got going right now because what, what I got going is good, so. You know, tough work, and that's that's what that's what it's taught me is you got to deal with your stuff, and don't, don't bring that stuff into your into your oasis. Mm, I want to give you uh, that. <laughs> congratulations on, on your one year engagement, too, brother. <laughs> um, I was there. I was there. <laughs> Only got one AirPod. One of them just died on me, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna make it work. Can y'all hear me though? Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. So, um, man relationships in my 20s listen here <laughs> i had two serious relationships in my 20s and um it just <clears throat> i wasn't shit like i can honestly say that i wasn't shit in my 20s in relationships i was the worst boyfriend probably on this planet <laughs> but um <laughs> i don't That's i don't know where this shit right like, <laughs> um but it did te it did teach me uh, some things, you know, that uh, it did open my eyes to some things that I needed to work on in myself, right? So like I knew I I knew I was a uh, I had commitment issues for sure. Um, uh, and I hate I hate saying that, but I did have commitment issues for sure. Um, and I was a horrible communicator. I'm still working on that now. Shit, like. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, it was, it was some things, it, it just opened up my eyes to some things that I, you know, some issues that I really had. I, I really haven't like took the time to see where they stemmed from, but, um, and I know you really can't, um, fully, um, correct those things until you do that. But, 
um, I'm trying I'm trying to work on those things that uh that those relationships those failed relationships um, have uh, opened my eyes to and you know it, it starts if you're gonna have a successful relationship with anyone um, you got it starts with you working on yourself right so uh, uh, unfortunately my my last situation just ended probably um, in January um, and we kind of like we still you know rocking and rolling a little bit but um, some of my some of my old habits came back you feel me and um once once the shit was starting to um happen a little too frequently um the, you know I'm, I'm here single right now because of it so <laughs> I, I i just gotta um you know i gotta continue to work on those things and uh just learn you know learn from 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 those relationships relationships in the past because um even though they didn't work out they 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 should be lessons you know they should teach you some about you know romance and things like shit that i don't you know inhabit naturally like i can say that you know so um gotta work on those things and um yeah i'm still working to this day you feel me I'm gonna have a kid one day. <laughs> Look, white Jay Hayes. You hear me? Little Jay Hayes out here. I'm gonna be 65. That nigga gonna be in third grade. <laughs> hey, true, true, true story. My, I got an older cousin. He probably, he probably about 63, 64, and he got a, like a two year old. So, <laughs> hey man, no I'm sorry. Don't start mocking my nigga. You hear me? <laughs> no ways. I got a. A great uncle. My grandma got a little brother younger than me, so don't trip. <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> hey, I ain't tripping. It's, like it's my mama. My mama like, hey, I want to, when I was in my 20s, you better not bring no grandchild here. Man. I'm 37. She's like, uh, I want a grandson or a granddaughter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. I can just stop practicing. You know? Right. No, but for real though, like those, like I said, those relationships just open my eyes to the things I need to work on and continue to work on. You know, when I start seeing a little progress, you know, we kind of backslide a little bit. Um, but I got to keep that um, working on those things, and you know, for betterment of myself, yeah. for my boo, my future, <laughs> future boo. And that that growth right, that growth man. process don't that shit don't stop. I think that's a for real. that's forever a work in progress because I mean I know y'all talking about like uh, the amount of serious relationships. Like I've I'm on my third right now, and it's been <laughs> one for for every decade of my life basically. And I've learned so much about myself in the process of getting to you know my current relationship right now. Um, but just I mean like. Like James said, I ain't gonna put Walter business out there, but I'm gonna put it. <laughs> <laughs> none of, what none of shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> my bad, Walter. I mean, you my brother, so I feel like I feel like I can do that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, because you you didn't say it, you didn't say it yourself. You like you said, go well, ahead and put it out there. I'm a gentleman and a scholar from Washington High School. I don't know what you're talking about. For sure, for sure, for sure. I digress. Um, but uh, no, I. Looking back, uh, you know, like like both of them said, I think the the most important part is it is really learning about yourself uh, because I know that most of my not shitness came from my own insecurities. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It was certain things that I was insecure about, and I projected that onto you know onto the relationships that I was in, and it caused 
it caused them shits not to work for for whatever. I mean, whether whether it was because I pushed a certain point, uh, certain or people to the point where you know she wanted to treat me like shit. Uh, at the end of the day, I got to look back and reflect. I was like, you know, it's, I probably started that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's more likely than not that the reason that uh, the relationships that didn't work, the reason that they was treating me like shit at the end of the relationship is because they probably was fed up with me treating them like shit. And so it kind of, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say backfired on me. Like that was my intention always to just not be shit. Um, but it, that's how it blew up in my face. And so what I've learned up to this point relationship wise is a is to be aware of your own insecurities because I swear to God, like if you can't, if you can't get a hold on them, that relationship is either going to be stuck in neutral or it's going to slip into reverse and it's just going, it's going to dissolve because I don't think two people can get past um, another person projecting their own insecurities onto the other person and then it's just supposed to be you know just supposed to be all right and all all gravy from then on like the relationship is not gonna work and for two is not being afraid to uh to stand on when you notice certain red flags and i'll i can i can only speak for myself but i know that the a big reason why i did uh willfully ignore a lot of red flags it was because of my insecurities it was like well shit who am i to uh who am i to knock this woman for you know the red flags that she presenting when i know deep down inside like i ain't shit either you know what i'm saying and so i kind of i kind of be like well we'll just be both fucked up together you know what i'm saying and then we all know from we all in our 30s now we done seen enough to know that that shit just never works um and so i think those two things go hand in hand and when you when you are aware of your insecurities and you can address those and, you know, get to a place of security within yourself, it'll make you a lot less willing to ignore those red flags when you see them and just, you know what I'm saying? Get into situations where you're wasting your time, you're wasting the other person's time. Um, and then that just, that never ends well for, for either side. Um, and so through all my years of not being shit, to the <laughs> what I've learned most is it was because uh, it's just because of how I didn't I didn't feel the greatest about myself. You know what I'm saying? And so I tried to drag, tried to drag them down there with me to not feel like shit with me. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's how that shit be. <laughs> Misery Love Company, Josh over there with the red table talk. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> talk about them entanglements. Man, right. straight up. I mean, it's it. I, it even, look, the the word insecure, it, it even took me a long time to get to the point of even saying that. And that just go back into what we was talking about earlier about the environment that you raised in um, and, and just it being taboo for a man to have insecurities or you know that's related to what we were saying about it being taboo to admit that you know that you need to go get help um like mental health help and stuff like that but it's it's kind of run along those same lines like i would just i never would have identified those things as insecurities in that in those moments because i was too proud to be like man what the fuck? i ain't got no insecurities like, like what i what am i insecure about who who gonna tell me how to act or 
can't nobody tell me how to act, whatever, or somebody, you know, telling me about myself and telling me that I ain't shit. And I just all I'm going to do is turn around and be like, no, you ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, um, reaching that point where I was comfortable enough to not give a fuck about identifying those things as insecurities, it helped me be able to address them, you know, a hundred times more effectively than when I just, you know, talked it up to just me just being the way that I am. That's just all. That was my go-to answer. Like, that's just the way I am. I am who I am and I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And that just, that don't leave room for growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, not at all. When you just be like, oh, well, that's just how I am. And it's just kind of like, but that's kind of, that's kind of fucked up. Well, I'm not changing. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it is, it is what it's going to be. Yeah, I was the king and not changing. I wasn't finna change from nobody. Mm, that's, you know, you get the consequences from that. So yep. there are consequences. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it's interesting, though. Like, I think, and I won't get deep into this, but I feel like there could be compromise and then there could be, I think sometimes compromise and change and I think converting all get mixed up. Like, I think compromising is cool, and that's pretty much how it probably should be. Changing, I think, only needs to happen if it's something that's, like, a completely toxic trait. And I think some people confuse compromise and converting. They yeah. just kind of want to. Yeah, so um, it, it's a thin line, in, in my opinion. But I get what you're saying as far as, like, some people are just like, nope, that's just how I am, and that's just the way it's going to be. It's like, okay. And when I mean, when heavy insecurities are involved, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't even think compromising is uh, a viable option, because if mm-hmm. you're not ready to face your insecurities in order to compromise, you have to acknowledge that those insecurities are there. So if you're not even ready to acknowledge that you've got those insecurities, you probably not going to compromise because all you see is, oh, this person trying to change me and I'm just I ain't right. going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, that's why, that, like I said, that insecure stuff is 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 deep, and we all got them, um, and we all discover them at different rates. You know what I'm saying? And we all address them and, and deal with them differently. But I do believe that, um, as far as like the baggage, the quote unquote baggage goes with the relationships, I think most of them are rooted. At the end of the day, tra- I think they trace back in some shape or form to some type of insecurity. Yeah. Speaking of insecurities and relationships and all this other stuff, I wanted to, um, I don't want to keep y'all too long, but I wanted to know from each of you as a, as a, like, as a black man, how do you feel like other black people in specific, like, how do you think like other black men that you might be, um, oh, I won't even say that. I'm just say from a woman's standpoint. So as a black woman, I'm going to ask, I want to know from each of you, what is it that you feel like we could be more supportive of you in what way? Like, what what would you like to see more from as a black woman, like from and from a standpoint, like as a black mother, um, uh, black, um, well, y'all, I think only you, <laughs> you have a, a child, but I guess from um, kids who might look up to you who are black, from um, black sisters from women, black women that you might be in relationships with. What would you like to see black coworkers, like whatever, like what would you like to see um, that you think that would be beneficial to you as your experience? And um, as a black man, how do you think that we could do, but like 
and whatever. Like, just give your opinion and whatever. What would you like to see? And then I'll I'll jump off there because I gotta um, I gotta bounce here and get on get on the road here. But I'll um, I'll say that like you know two things. One is um, I feel really thankful to be surrounded by uh, just a tribe, awesome, um, and you know at work at you know my in my professional or excuse me in my personal life, um, my fiance's family, my family, you know my organization is just um, just kind of like you know rife with examples just like strong, um, incredibly talented, wise, um, generous, you know, uh, black women whose example has been uh, instrumental to me. Um, And so, you know, I got nothing there. I I wish that I can sort of like have everyone experience what I experienced on that front. What I will say, though, is that like, you know, there's just like, you know, this phrase is often used related to like leadership that heavy is the head that wears the crown but like you know i think heavy is the head when it's not related to sort of like positions of power or influence or anything like that i think heavy is the head as it relates to just kind of like dealing with all this you know just uh, the, the entirety of the topics that we've been talking about today from criminal justice to mental health to interpersonal relationships so on and so forth um and i'm just grateful to have a woman in my life who just you know can pause for a moment and just ask me how i'm doing um that just means a lot and you know and, and for, for the men in my life too you know i'm, I'm in touch with a group of, of black men daily it's 10 of us um and that's uh, josh's this is a group that josh belongs to as well and so you know i feel like i get a fair amount of, uh, of interaction like that um on a uh, on a regular basis and i would just say like you know our, our path forward as a people as a uh, out of this moment and into something hopefully greater is directly tied to our ability to sort of like build up and support one another. So um, that's the only thing I tell anybody who's like, you know, um, uh, who's trying to figure it out these days. It's just like, make sure somebody else's back is had, Uh, make sure, you know, uh, hopefully, and hopefully somebody's going to reciprocate that. You know, I know I got Josh back. I know Josh got my back and that's kind of unspoken. And the more that we can create that kind of like, you know, those those kind of fibers in our community, then I think the stronger off will be collectively. Leave it. You better tell them about that bottle I was holding in my hand in D.C. <laughs> but that's probably for another type of episode, though. Different episode. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's part of y'all. No, so. no, nah, nah, we ain't going to go on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really got nothing either. Um, I got, uh, like Walter said, man, I, I have an um, amazing group of uh, women, you know, in different areas of my life that, um, you know, just – are amazing. Um, and I get, you know, all the support and love I need, um, you know, from, from the women that I encounter on a daily basis. Um, and so, uh, I really don't have nothing, man. Um, just keep pushing me, keep being, you know, being supportive of, of us, of each other. Um, and like you said, I, I have a group of friends, two groups of, you know, two different groups of friends, my high school buddies and then my buddies from college. Um, uh, <clears throat> and that's, you know, we're on the same thing, you know, just encouraging each other, pushing each other, um, you know, more success and less stress, man, you know, so um, building up, like you said, building those, building those networks of people and, you know, really paying it forward and, you know, going to, um, you know, reaching out to the, to the youth and, you know, things like that, man, those are the things that we as a community got to continue to do, man, because, um, those th- those are going to be the people who's going to run the world when we get older, man. You know, um, right. so um, yeah, just just you know, intermingling, you know, keeping keeping each other uh, keeping each other li- uplifted, man. Like, yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, I have, a, I have an amazing group of women, like I said. So I, don't, I can't ask them nothing, you know, much more from them than what they do already. So that's what's up. Yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta. Uh, it really ain't nothing under the sun that I can say that that them two uh, didn't already say. I, I I feel damn near identical to um, what both of them said. But I guess I mean my unique spin on it would be that uh, I would just you know ask. I, and not even just black women, but just, you know, like like Hayes and Walter both said, even when it comes down to your your friends network, of, you know, like your buddies and stuff like that. It's just understanding the dynamics of uh, or the necessity of having a um, a push pull balanced relationship. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes like you're going to need you're going to need to rely on your buddies to to push you when they can because you need to be pulled you know what i'm saying because or because you need to be pushed because you lack any energy or you know what i'm saying whatever the case may be um okay. and for them not to feel like like oh if you ain't you know if it's not 50 50 then it's not a, a valuable relationship I, I think that that's you know completely bullshit i don't think any sure. partnership or relationship will ever be 50 50 like there's always going to be the, the scale is always going to be tipped on one end and i think it's important for everybody on either side of those scales or either side of that scale to understand that sometimes i i might only have 30 percent to give and i want to trust that uh you know the people my friends or whatever i want to trust that they're not going to bail on me because i can't give you know a, a, a full self at that moment and then know that vice versa uh, when they in that situation they don't have to feel ashamed that like yo I ain't I ain't even got it all today you know can I lean on you right now and know that you're going to be right there to pick them up to make up for that disparity you know whatever disparity exists in uh, the, the energy comparison of the two so I just think having that understanding um, amongst the people that you have partnerships or relationships with of knowing that at any given moment, like somebody's going to have the the upper hand to kind of carry the bond in that moment. And then there's going to come a point in time where that person ain't going to have that energy to carry it. And then the other person knows that it's their turn to step up. And so just, you know, just really acknowledging that this whole cancel culture and like, oh, I ain't fucking with them because, you know, what are what am I getting from them? Or it's just I it's a whole bunch of more shit that we could go into on that. But just mm -hmm. on the certain on the we'll certain level. Part three, G. Yeah, yeah, part three. Right, right, right. We coming back. Yeah, coming back. I was just about back. to say. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to be a part three. We're gonna have to have a part three for mm -hmm. sure, for sure. But yeah, we thank you guys so much for coming on, Dilly. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to ask, but I heard uh, Walter say he got to get going. So yeah, um, so let me say, just uh, just appreciate y'all for having me and creating the forum. I feel like you know part of the answer to some of the questions we asked, and is just having stuff like this out there. And so thanks for using y'all's platform on, on this topic too. That's, sure. that's just major love. So yeah. appreciate y'all. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for thinking of me on this. I'm like, what? Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> just trying to think of people i know that i mean y'all be doing y'all thing i'm gonna just say that y'all do y'all thing so hey appreciate it just so y'all know we yeah. notice we notice we see we see y'all so it's much appreciated a, yeah just giving y'all a platform sure. to talk about it and just show everybody a lot of i think a lot of times um we're at that age where a lot of times people in our generation get overlooked 
for mm-hmm. what we're doing and like the positivity that we do have because we a lot of us are just kind of laid back and we do just kind of just uh, whatever do our thing but we are really doing our thing you know what i mean if i if i'm making sense to everybody we really are doing our thing a lot of us are doing our sure. thing out there in the community or whatever but we so just lay back if that makes sense um so it gets overlooked a lot so we appreciate what y'all are doing out there in the community and so i wanted to definitely put the spotlight on um the black men that i knew or that we knew if i if i could that were um uh in our eyes just kind of um soon to be pillars if that makes sense so big appreciate up to y'all. Yep. Appreciate it, Tish. For sure, for sure. Dilly, right, anything so you want to add? Nope. Um, you guys can um uh catch us on social media, Facebook, um, Divin the Nerd uh group, and there's also a Facebook page. Um also have Instagram, the Diva and the Nerd. Um, and I can be caught on Instagram at Dilly Darling 88 and Silly Dilly 88 on Snapchat. Queen T, go ahead. And I'm T underscore if you know me on Instagram, Queen T underscore Diva on Snap. Uh, yeah, that's it. The Diva and the Nerd. All right. The Diva right. Nerd, we out. All right. So another week of the Diva and the Nerd podcast. I wanted to give my um, Monday motivation to you guys. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, Just a couple pointers I think I want to address. Protect yourself. Protect your space. Um, Deny all entanglements. And um, be prosperous. prosperous. Um, Be positive. Be loyal. Be honest. Be true to yourself. Um, Be you. And um, stay strong. But at the same time, being strong means knowing when you can no longer be strong. So um, y'all keep that, make good choices, and uh, we'll see you next time. Or listen or speak to you next time. Anyway, all right, we out.